right. Well, thank you, Steve and Ray and everybody. It's great to have you up here. Thank you, Manny and uh, Monica, for the welcome as well. It would bring back great memories just hearing Manny uh, share and just all that we've been through together. And uh, he's a good, good friend. And um, today we're excited to talk about the Lord's favor. You want to talk about the Lord's favor today? You don't have much of a choice, but hopefully you're excited about it. Uh, after we studied out uh, Luke chapter 4 on Wednesday, it just was really on my heart. And we happened to have a little break in the, the preaching schedule for the next four to five weeks here. So we're going to kind of go through this line by line. Today we're going to talk about the Lord's favor and good news to the poor. And uh, I love that picture because the Lord's favor is not supposed to be kept here. It's supposed to be taken out. When, when we leave and all the different pictures of all the cities, a lot of the cities around the, the Coachella Valley. And uh, a lot of our teens, you may be looking around, aren't here today. Some of them are here. If they're here, they might be tired because they had a, uh, their teen retreat, annual teen retreat this week. And uh, they, they went for it, I'm sure. The worship and sports and lessons and fellowship and... You know, they're probably crashed out if they're not here. If they're here, they're probably, you know, awake with their eyes closed. You know, they probably wish they were sleeping, but they're going to get there soon. So Roy and Alicia are recovering as well. They were uh, some of the main people that put on the camp, and he was one of the keynote speakers on Friday night. So that was pretty cool. I look forward to hearing about that. But as you talk about the Lord's favor, we have a picture to show us what the Lord's favor may be to some. Uh, Leilani Grace Domingo was born just a couple weeks ago, and she has her, her little medallion there that says, Hello World, and then all of her information on it. It's so cute. And uh, we're just, it's amazing when you have a new child, just the blessings that you feel that, man, God did this inside of me. God did this amazing miracle. And you think about all the amazing plans that you have for that child. And they might, Aaron and Stephanie may not be remembering all of them right now because I talked to him in Kids Kingdom and he could barely keep his eyes open also. But you're so filled with joy that it, it's no, no problem at all. And uh, we're excited uh, here just to let you guys know in a couple weeks, uh, we're having a couple come in to interview here in the desert, Jason and Justine Alexander. So I want to just give you a heads up. They're going to be here in two weeks on the 17th, and so if you want to come in town or make sure if you're out of town to watch the video, and uh, they're going to be in town visiting with us that weekend, so pray for that. We're really praying that God leads us, and uh, he always leads us, so that's, that's a good thing. We don't have to figure it all out. We do our best, and God takes care of the rest, so we're grateful for the Lord's favor. When I think of the Lord's favor... Um, it makes me think of a time when I moved Chloe into her apartment in Boston. So we went down, we made, we rented a U-Haul, and we went down to Ikea, which was about 45 minutes from the city. How many people have ever done Ikea before? Okay. So as we're leaving Ikea, I'm just thinking like, wow, I'm coming to this store, and I do all the work. I find the stuff, I load it onto my cart. I put it out, I load it into the car, and just wondering, like, what does this store do to make money? But you do save a lot of money. So we did that. We loaded it all up. We finally get back to the apartment. We have our U-Haul that's double parked in the street, and we got the stuff all 
we stopped the elevator, loaded it all up, got to her floor, and right as we're coming out, and it's like midnight at this point, because we're on a short time schedule, and so right when I'm coming out of the elevator, this young guy gets comes out of the stairs. He looks like he's about 25, and he's like totally ripped. He looks like he goes to the gym, and I just, like, I wasn't even thinking. I was like, I need you to help me with this stuff, because I'm like 50, and you're like you. And so he comes in, and he gets in the elevator, and we're bringing it into the store, and he made like three trips, right? So, And I'm giving him all the heavy stuff, too. He didn't know that. I'm like taking the small stuff, and he's taking the big stuff, right? That's how you do it. And so we got into the apartment, and we're like, oh, it's so great to meet you. And he's like, and we're like, what's your name? We introduced ourselves. He's like, my name is Favor. Like, that was his literal name. He was from Nigeria, but his name here in America is Favor. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, God is just, like, smiling on us to provide this big fella to carry the stuff so the next day, Chloe and her roommate brought them a gift. He lived, down, he lived right down the hall. They brought him a gift. And it turns out that he goes to our same church in Boston. And he was a disciple. And we're just like, oh, my gosh, not only is he strong and helped us, but he lives right down the hall. And he can kind of look out for their daughter when she's here and just be someone. And now... Uh, it's amazing when my daughter's boyfriend goes to Boston to visit, she can stay like right down the hall at this guy Favor's house. And it was just such a blessing. Sometimes God gives us a blessing and just makes it so obvious that he's taking care of you. You know, and it, it, for me, it was in the form of this one person. And now they've become great friends. But God has put people in your life, in your situation to to bring you that favor, to help you out, to encourage you in your time of need. And that's what Jesus came to bring in, in Israel at the time when he started his ministry. And that's really what drew me to this whole uh, series was that one line, I've come to bring the Lord's favor. And so let's, let's start reading in Luke chapter 4. Uh, let's say a prayer and then we'll start reading. Uh, Father, I do... Uh, Just thank you for this time, God. Thank you for moving even so far in our service, Uh, just for the way that you encourage us, you lift us up, God. I pray that today we can see your favor. Maybe we came in here not able to see it, but I pray that we can see your grace and your favor today, God, as if Jesus were bringing it to us himself. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, in Luke chapter 4, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. We're going to continue on in just a minute. But Jesus began his ministry in the power of the Spirit after going through almost a near-death experience of 40 days of fasting in the desert. And he says he was tempted in, in a deep way and that angels came and attended him. So he's leaving and he's not filled up maybe with food, but he's filled up with the Spirit. And it says it so simply that he went to Nazareth. 
And you just think like, oh, that's just like a couple blocks away, right? A couple miles, just like a, a couple miles. That's like 60 miles. And it says that he spoke in their synagogues on the way. So it's not like he just went like straight to Nazareth. Like he went and met with people and talked with people and met in their synagogues for at least two weeks because they only met once a week. So he met in the different synagogues and it says everyone was praising him and there was this wild fire that was spreading of grace and truth. And they were amazed. And I don't know if he was healing people just yet, but they never heard anyone anything like this. And said, everyone praised him. And then he went to his home. And you would think that he was just accepted. And they're like, it was like Cleveland with LeBron coming back. You know, like this is like our crown prince is returned. And they, they started questioning him. And they were saying to themselves, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't that the kid that we saw growing up? Wasn't he the carpenter? And then in his sermon, he mentions people that were healed in the stories in the Bible. And they, there was a Syrian that was healed of leprosy, and he wasn't an Israelite. There was a woman who had her son raised from the dead, and she wasn't an Israelite. And then the next thing you know, they wanted to kill the hometown hero in his very first sermon. And it said that he walked through the crowds and went on his way. But if you could imagine him, them handing him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was originally written about 700 years earlier, and they probably re-inscribed it, you know, so when it got old, they would re-transcribe it and then destroy the old one and keep the new one. So say, imagine opening up this like 200-year scroll and going down to that place, and this is what he ends up reading in verse 18 of this ancient scroll. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he wasn't just saying that the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's saying the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's not just saying that the Lord appointed me to give good news to the poor, but the Lord appointed me to give good news to the poor and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In Isaiah chapter 60 through 62, he was reading verse uh, chapter 61, but they're called the three magnificent chapters. Because they describe the rising of the son of Jerusalem's prosperity. See, they were in a similar situation where they were in captivity, where they didn't have those freedoms. And even when Isaiah was written, they were a thousand miles from home. They couldn't look to the temple. They couldn't hear their own language. 
They were stuck. And yet God was saying that my favor is coming. And Cyrus would be used by God to restore the temple and bring his people the thousand miles back to their new temple. It would be built again. It would be magnificent again. And he wanted to show them his favor and blessing and forgiveness and encouragement and love. I heard this song recently by Maverick City called Bless Me. Anybody ever heard that song? And so I'm listening to the song, and it's one of my wife's favorite groups, but I never heard this one. And we get to the, I don't know music too well. I think it was a bridge somewhere, or it wasn't the chorus, but it was one of those things. And he just starts saying, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And I just started thinking, man, this is weird. Because he was asking for God's blessing so boldly. And maybe it could be better changed to bless us. Bless us. Because really it's not about Jesus isn't like the Santa Claus in the sky that just wants to bless me. You know, come on, Jesus, hook me up, help me out. No, he wants to bless his, his people. He wants to bless people that aren't even his people. He wants to encourage us. But my, one of my challenges for you today is to be able to say that to God. Bless us. God, bless us. God, I want you to bless us. Like Jacob, when he was wrestling with God, he said, bless me. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. And there's something about it. I don't know if it, what it is that maybe it's the prosperity gospel and the Joel Osteen thing. And that some people feel like, hey, if I become a Christian, then I'm going to get rich. But Jesus came to bring his favor. He wants to bless you. You're not just here so that God can make you rich. But imagine the blessing and the confidence that we get when we're bold enough to ask God to bless us. To bless our family. To give us love, encouragement, forgiveness. To give us health. To give us life. Imagine Aaron and Stephanie... When they finally make it to church, when Leilani is old enough, saying, you know, I want to I take care of you, but I'm going to kind of go middle of the road. I mean, I have a lot of blessings, but you're just going to kind of like, just go, I'm not going to like pile it on you too much. Like, I'm, I'm going to hold back. Like, I'm not, I, wa- I want you to have a, yeah, okay life. I want you to just make it. We'd be thinking, like, you're crazy. You want to bless your kids. You want them to do great. You don't want them to just survive. You don't want to just give them the scraps. You give them the best that you have. Not just financially, but spiritually and love and encouragement and all that stuff. So why can't we believe that God wants to do that to us? That he looks at you and he wants you to have all of his blessings. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless us. That was Jesus' message. 
I come to bring favor. That's why everyone was excited. Now let's look back in Isaiah chapter 61, the chapter that he was reading. And I won't go through the whole first bit because it's exactly the same. But Jesus cut off right at that second to last line. He said, this is the year of the Lord's favor. The next line is, and the day of vengeance for our God. Right? So he cut that part off, but that is in the original chapter that he was reading that there was going to be a day when God was going to get, there would be some judgment on his enemies, that he was going to get the bad guys. Right? They took his people, they destroyed the wall, they defiled the temple, they cursed their God, and they took him a thousand miles away, and God wasn't going to do anything? No, God was waiting, you know, that that, that time was going to come. You might think of it as God's justice was going to be served. And if you were God's people, you were probably pretty excited about that. Like God's going to finally stick up for us. He's going to finally do his thing. He's going to give us freedom. And that was a glorious thing. And so when you realize why people misunderstood Jesus, it doesn't take too much to think to realize that they thought he was going to do the same thing to Rome. That he was going to, they defiled Israel. They defiled Jehovah. They defiled God's people. They crucified people. Of course, they're thinking like, man, okay, I can't wait to see this. Jesus is going to take these guys out. But they didn't understand exactly what Jesus was going to do. He wasn't trying to bring them back and make a whole nation again. He wasn't trying to rebuild the temple again. In fact, the temple was going to be destroyed. Because he came to bring them God's favor that wasn't in the form of physical boundaries and nations and temples. Let's keep reading. He says, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. This was the promise to Israel when they were going to restore the temple. And it said that God wanted to bring them comfort for the mourning. To give them a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That they were, they were hurting. They were, they were beat down. Some of them were even hopeless. You know, I walked, was walking down my street this week and I saw one of my neighbors had a license plate that said, Wounded in Combat. And that kind of caught my eye because I see a lot of veteran ones, but I don't see a lot of wounded in combat things. As he was out there fighting for freedom, he got injured. And I don't know to what extent that affected him. You know, as we think about, you know, Fourth of July weekend here, it made me think about that. 
But even spiritually, so many of us, we've been wounded in battle too. That we're, we've been hurt, we've been injured along the way, we've had people leave, we've had, we've gone through devastating things. Things that we never thought when we signed up to become a Christian we were going to go through. Things with our family, things in our marriage, things in our own personal lives. We've had those moments where we're like, God, really? Like, is this what I got to go through? And God says that he will bring you a spirit, an oil of joy instead of mourning. A spirit of praise rather than a spirit of despair. I had a friend who called me this week. I haven't talked to him in a few years. And he just wanted to talk about his teenage daughter who's struggling. You know, he said that she's... She doesn't have any friends, either at church or at school. She had one good friend that they grew up with, and, and they kind of had a falling out. And now she's been alone for a while. And she has, you know, suffers with anxiety as well. And just, just thinking like, man, this guy is so concerned. He doesn't care about, he just wants his daughter to be well. I can relate to that. But man, it's... It's not an easy road. It made me think of this. When the road is easy, life is easy. But it's a blessing when we persevere when things are not easy. And that's what made me so encouraged by that phone call because he still was fighting and having faith and trying to find God's favor. See, it wasn't something that we'd be able to look to like a temple that would be just this awe-inspiring building. Sometimes God's favor is something that we got to look for. That it's not right in front of us. That there may be pain right in front of us, but his favor is beyond that. His favor is even within that. See, the favor that Jesus was talking about was himself. This is the day of the Lord's favor. It wasn't that God was going to do something, that God had already given them Jesus. He was right there. That whatever we go through with Jesus, we have God's favor. And I pray that you can find his favor. Whatever's going on, maybe things are great. And that's awesome. And maybe you're struggling and you've got to look hard. And you've got to be honest and you've got to ask yourself some questions and say some things to God that maybe you were taught that you weren't allowed to say. God, this doesn't feel like your favor. God, where are you? God, why this? God, give me strength. God, I want to give up. Those are the things of someone who's searching for God's favor. And I don't think God's upset by those. I think God's like, now we're, now we're finally talking. Now we're getting real. Now you're looking for me. Now you're trying to find me. And so I'm going to call up uh, some good friends of ours here, uh, Erica and Fabian, and they're going to share a little bit about their search for God's favor. And I was really moved on Wednesday after our midweek talking to them and just knowing some of their story and just the faith that they were sharing. It just kind of worked out. 
that this was the message, and, and I'll let them tell you the rest. But um, let's listen up for uh, Erica and Fabian here. Just grateful to be here with my family to share a little bit about um, my struggles, but also um, to highlight what God has been doing in the midst of my challenges. Um, so I've been struggling a lot with mental health, with um, anxiety, depression, suicide ideation, um, but also with some physical pain and physical illness um, that has been a journey on its own. Um, there has been um, a lot of challenges that I've had to go through in the last couple of years specifically, probably one of the most hardest times of um, my challenges that I've had over, uh, over 20 years or so since we've been married. Um, but I do wanted to say that um, those hard times for me have been one of the um, things that have allowed me to see God in a different light and have come to the scriptures to come to life for me. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to look at my notes. I'm very anxiously nervous because one of my things is uh, social anxiety, so this is really uncomfortable for me, so please bear with me. Um, just relying on the spirit right now. Um, if there would have been, um, I'm sorry, everything that I have been going through with my mental health in the last couple of years, have, um, with God had been working for my good. If there would have been a quick fix, I wouldn't have had to face the things that I had to deal with within myself and within my heart to rely on God, to trust God, to fully surrender. And through these challenges, God is faithful and loving and God disciplines because God disciplines those he loves. I have been struggling with feeling poor in spirit with my mental health struggles, feeling of hopelessness, anxiety, depression, suicidation, also dealing with my physical pain and physical illnesses that I have been going through. These struggles have become so in, the struggles have become so intense um, that I was hospitalized with, um, for inpatient psychiatric care um, two separate times last year. Um, those up and ups and downs, the mood swings, the anger, just uh, the extreme emotional swings, the explosive anger, the terrifying of being alone, um, the impulsivity, the inability to maintain relationships, spending sprees, and um, recurrent suicidal behavior, um, intense high changes of mood, and the episodes just lasting from days to even a few hours to days. Um, that has taken a toll on my family, myself, and my marriage, and my kids. Um, it has not been easy to go through dealing with that, and at times I just felt so extremely exhausted um, and just lost all hope. Um, but it was there um, that I've seen and started to see the light of God um, work, and that was in the hospital. Um, I never thought that I would see the things that God would show me through that, and that was actually the beginning of my journey to healing. Um, 
God has been a, has a way of working in those ways that only there would I have learned my things that were really deeply in my heart. Um, one of those things was health anxiety. That was a huge one. Um, and also during that time, I had been isolating because that was during the pandemic and the lockdown. And so I hadn't been around people. But being there at the hospital, um, I was with men and women that were just like me, just there trying to get help and um, seeking that treatment to um, wholeness and recovery. Um, there were so many things, and for time's sake, I can't share everything, but um, there was a lot of beautiful things that happened there, and I would have never have been able to experience if I wasn't there that allow me to be more grateful for God, for his people, for community, for one another. Um, there's too many stories to share, but um, what I thought would be a dark time in my life, and even going through the, the loss of um, losing my job and having to be put off of work longer than I expected and having to go through, um, you know, just... You know, being told that, you know, you might not be able to go back to work and um, being put on permanent disability was really a hard loss for me. Um, and then also, of course, being a Christian, um, it's not an easy battle, just that, that guilt and that shame. But again, God has a way to work even in the hard times, and I am so grateful for that. Uh, one of the talks that I had with Scott on Wednesday was that I said, you know, today I am grateful that I've had to go through all those things that I've gone through. I, God only knew what he was doing in my heart because if I wouldn't have gone through those things, I wouldn't have been having to face the things he really wanted to expose in my heart and my character. If it would have been a quick fix, again, I wouldn't have had to face the things that I had to deal with. And um, God has a way, sorry, God has a way of working for the good. Um, God makes, God works for the good of those he loves in all things, Romans 8:28. 28. Um, God's goal is to refine me, the things in my character and my heart that need to be refined. Even though it's not, it's not been easy and it's been painful, um, God has been faithful, and I'm starting to see him work in amazing ways. Um, I'm starting to reap the benefits of being able to see um, God's hand at work, and that's through answering prayer. That's been one way. And it's the little things. For me, it's the little victories. Um, I hadn't been able to be around people, and it's been a slow process, but that was, again, the beginning of my healing um, and in recovery, which has been awesome. Um, and um, it's still a long ways for me. It's like I take it one day at a time. But one thing um, God has strengthened me in my faith is that he's always there for me and he loves me and he's going to carry me through no matter what. And um, even in the hard times, it's okay because he's still there and faithful. And honestly, I just thank God for those trials. I don't think I would have been able to, I, I know I couldn't say that in the midst of them, and that's what I think was the hardest um, is in the midst of them. It was just darkness, but now I'm just... Starting to, I don't know, maybe it's just my husband tells me it's God's timing. That's why it wasn't your time. Um, and what I saw as roadblocks or stumbling blocks in every, um, in my seeking for treatment, different treatments, it was really God's hand. He was in control the whole time. 
And that's one of the things that I've had to learn is to um, also let go of that control. Because control for me is driven out of fear. And having to have that fear is I'm lacking full trust in God. So that's one of the areas that he's also shown me that I need to let go and let God. And I, it's more profound than that. Like, I know it here, but I, it's, it's different to do it really from the heart where you truly feel that peace. Um, and again, that's happened um, to strengthen me during those trials. And I'm thankful for them because I'm able to be stronger in my faith and, and that. But I do want to read one thing, which is the prayer uh, for serenity that's really been helpful to me it says god grant me the serenity to the th- to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time enjoying one moment at a time accepting hardships as a pathway to peace taking as jesus did this sinful world as it is not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and surprisingly happy with you forever in the next. Amen. And then my husband's going to share. Uh, yeah, um, it, it has been hard um, not knowing how to handle Uh, what my wife has gone through. Um, I remember this time last year um, is when she went to the hospital. I remember uh, Scott was uh, in Mexico. And uh, I just remember uh, calling him and, uh, you know, him taking the time out of his vacation and just crying, you know, again, not knowing, you know, not having the answers. Uh, there was many times where I questioned God and, you know, I questioned my marriage. Um, I was mad. I was mad at God. I was mad at the church. I was mad at my wife. I was mad at people, at a, a lot of people. You know, I, uh, I went through a long period of time and I just started recently coming out of it. Um, where I checked out. Mm. I didn't want to feel, you know, it's, it's very uncomfortable for me to feel uh, anything other than obviously happiness, you know. Um, I've definitely have fallen short as a husband, uh, as a disciple. You know, there was times where I remember talking to my therapist, talking to uh, some of you here in the church and just saying, I didn't sign up for this, you know. And, uh, you know, there were definitely times where we, uh, you know, we both wanted to give up. We wanted to give up on, um, give up on God, give up on, you know, uh, each other. Um, you know, but, um, you know, I'm so glad that we did it. You know, obviously, you know, um, this year has been uh, definitely um, one of the most difficult years. You know, God is definitely... Uh, uh, brought some of our sin to light, which is obviously a good thing. Uh, definitely a time of humbling, which is also a good thing. You know, it's it's uh, it's um, you know it, it it helped me to realize that 
you know, I did sign up for this. You know, this is my job as a husband. And I don't really like to use the term job because, you know, job and marriage, they don't go together. You know, they really don't. But, you know, I realized that, that I did sign up for this, you know, that, that um, I made a vow, be- you know, before God and, you know, those of you that were there at our marriage. You know, I made a vow. And, um, you know, although it's been one of the most difficult times in, in, in our life, it's actually been one of the best, to be honest with you. Because of that restoring to God, because of, uh, you know, being able to, uh, you know, the scriptures coming back to life. You know, I feel like the scales are actually uh, starting to fall off of our eyes, you know, which is amazing. Um, you know, we're seeing God working and answering prayers uh, in, in on a regular basis. You know, uh, Erica was sharing, we're on our way today to go pick up our daughter uh, from teen camp. And uh, Erica was sharing with me, uh, you know, something that happened this week that, you know, is probably small to some to a lot of people, to most people, you know. But, um, you know, any victory is is a huge victory for us, you know. And, um, you know, I've been praying. For a long time, for years. For my wife, you know, to get better. And, uh, you know, we, as she said, it's day by day, which it is, you know, but um, but we definitely are starting to see the uh, the growth, you know, um, her, you know, witnessing and, and seeing the growth of, uh, of her getting better. Um, you know, I just want to say, you know, God is amazing and, uh, you know, you know, we just have to open up our eyes. God is definitely there and answering prayers each and every day. Thank you. Wow, I think we're about done. Let's let's say a prayer here, guys. And um, I do uh, thank you, guys, uh, Erica and Fabian, for sharing and just being real, you don't have to bow your heads just yet. Um, but I just thank you for being real. And I think when Jesus said he came to bring good news to the poor, that he was talking about not just those that were physically poor, but those that are spiritually poor, those that were desperate, those that were hurting. And I just appreciate your example. You know, we think it's easy sometimes to just come to church. And I know for you it's not, that it takes everything you have. And you do it because you love God. And, you know, staying together and, and continuing to persevere, you know. Sometimes we think, oh, it's just easy to stay married. And I, <laughs> you know, I appreciate your guys' love for God. And as we take our communion, let's really, we're going to say a prayer for Erica and their family as well, Fabian. And, you know, really, it took a lot of courage for you guys to share what you did, and I appreciate that. I think that was what Jesus was looking for when he said in Matthew 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I pray that we see that that poverty of spirit is not just for other people, but it's for ourselves. There's somebody that I was reading in a book this week that said that they took a survey of preachers, and most preachers, when they read the Bible, they associate themselves with Jesus 
rather than the people he helps. Because they're trying to be like Jesus. And I would even associate that with people who have been Christians for a long time. You think, oh, I want to be like Jesus. And we forget that we're not Jesus in that story. We're the ones that Jesus is ministering to. And sometimes we can get so caught up in realizing how much we need that we don't have that spirit of poorness. And that just hit me because I can see that. It's easy to lose touch. And even for me, it's not, it is seeing our weaknesses, but it's being willing to carry other people's burdens. That's poor in spirit. That sometimes as Christians, we go through our lives, and I can go through my life and feel like, hey, I don't know if I can handle anything else. Or I don't want to hear anybody else's burdens. And imagine Jesus, he went through life and he heard everybody's heartache. He was aware of all the pain around him all the time. And yet he was willing to carry that to the cross. And so for us, being poor in spirit, yes, it is being humble to God and our need, but it's also being willing to carry that burden for someone else. Being willing to open up our heart, to being willing to cry, being willing to be vulnerable. So I, I thank you. Uh, I'm glad I was here today because I know that there was a message in there for me. Let's pray as we take our community. Father, we thank you for this time. We know that your spirit was here with us. Father, thank you that you carry our burdens, that you know our, 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 the areas where we're in despair, where we're mourning, where we're hurting. And God, thank you that you carried all of that plus all of our sin to the cross. I pray you help us to, as we come to you for forgiveness, that we come to you for a new heart, for a new spirit, that we'll be able to also share your favor and Maybe for some of us, it's even to find your favor so that we have something to share. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his body and his blood shed for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.